Girlfriends, episode number 314, Five Ways to Make Time for God. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about making time for God. It's such an important topic. I can't wait to dive into it with you. I've got five ways I'm going to share. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Glad to be connecting with you here on the podcast once again. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm excited that you're here giving us a try, and I hope you're going to like what we share here and want to come back. If you're a long-time or sometime listener, welcome back. You know I appreciate you, and I love being able to share with you right here on the podcast every week. And speaking of making connections, I just recently had the happy experience of returning to the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress, which was all virtual last year. And so it's been a good while since I was able to be at that. For anyone not familiar with it, it's a giant conference that takes place in Anaheim each year. And it usually has, you know, about 15,000 people. And I've always loved going. Whatever Catholic publication workplace I happen to work for, I mean, usually they're going. So I've been um, attending these for, for many years now. And what I love is the gathering together of so many people connected in their Catholic faith. Of course, it's a here comes everybody kind of moment in the Catholic Church. But that that is part of the experience, for sure. And I've always loved being able to make in-person connections there. And so this time I was attending for my work with Catholic Mom over at CatholicMom.com as part of Holy Cross Family Ministries. And it really was, even though I've begun doing a little bit of travel, a little bit of speaking, you know, since the age of COVID when everything shut down, things haven't really gotten back to where they were before with that regard. And um, this was just a nice experience because I was able to connect in person with people that I know, people that I know well that I have not seen in person in a long time and I've missed seeing them. But also it was an opportunity to just meet up with everyday strangers, you know, people who are catechists uh, largely are the kinds of people that are attending this particular event. And so getting to meet people like that was just, it was really encouraging for me in my own faith to see so many people are, they're still out there. They're still, they're still getting important work done in faith formation programs, in their parishes, in various ministries that were uh, represented there in the booth space there at Congress. So Anyway, I'm coming back from that, just feeling refreshed and renewed in my gratitude for being a part of the universal church. I just, and and gratitude for the opportunity that I think none of us will ever take for granted again to meet people in person. There really is no replacement for that. But I wanted to mention that because in case things are opening up a bit near you, I wanted to encourage you because some of us have kind of developed habits during the time of COVID where, well, we just don't really do things. Like maybe you don't go to your Bible study anymore. Maybe you um, don't take part in that book club, or maybe you don't do whatever social program it is that's going on near you. But I want to encourage you in whatever ways make sense, right, to go back to these in-person connections because there really is no replacement for it. And I'm so grateful for it. So this week, our topic is about making time for God, which of course is the number one thing we should have time for in our days, right? Where we, we should be always, our eyes should be fixed upon the Lord. And yet, 
we are so distracted. We are so busy with many things. We are Marthas, right? And we are busy and distracted with many things. And we forget that we are made for a relationship with our creator. And even if we make and establish very good habits, then sometimes, you know, slowly start to um, work in the other direction until all of a sudden we find ourselves thinking, gosh, I don't really prioritize my, my prayer life anymore. So I want this to be, you know, especially during the season of Lent and as we're approaching Holy Week, here's an opportunity for us to reassess. I need continual reminders in this regard. And so I'm pretty sure that you do too. So to start out, let's just remind ourselves that even Jesus needed to take time out to pray. You know, in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, we read, the report about him spread all the more and great crowds assembled to listen to him and to be cured of their ailments, but he would withdraw to deserted places to pray. This is amazing, right? This is fascinating that Jesus, who is God, felt this need to withdraw to deserted places to pray, to go and speak with God the Father, right? To go and connect with God. And so as much as we can't understand the nuances and those completely understand the 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 relationships of the Trinity, we can understand that Jesus is setting this example for us in the Gospels where he withdraws to deserted places to pray. If Jesus did it, of course, we need to be doing it, right? We need to make it a priority. We need to remember that it is a priority. So I'm going to share with you today five different ways that I, you know, I think are helpful ways of kind of approaching this idea of making time for God. And it really is about that. Like the idea of making time for God, that it is a decision we make. Because we all have time. We just are you know, choosing to spend it in certain ways. And you might get into some habits of the ways that you spend your time and without even very consciously making a decision to not leave much time for prayer, you might find yourself all of a sudden without much time for prayer. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, the first way that I want to recommend that you make time for God is to make it routine and really put it in your schedule. Do you do this? Do you have a set time each day that is devoted to prayer? Now, I totally get that a lot of you are busy mamas and you have little kids at home and you're running carpool or you're working and you know we're all balancing many different priorities. But I think it's really essential. It's really important that you have a routine of prayer in your everyday. So valuable. And there you know, if you don't do it, if you're trying to like figure out every day, like, oh, I do want to pray. I'm going to just look for where time opens up. It More often than not, time isn't going to open up or it will open up and you won't think of it or it will open up and you'll choose to do something else instead in the moment or something will interrupt you. So having that time set aside every day, that doesn't mean every single day it's going to work out perfectly for you to have your prayer time at that time, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's during your toddler's nap time, or it's in the evening before you go to bed, or during your lunch break, whatever time you have set aside. It, it doesn't mean it's always going to work out perfectly. It doesn't mean you're never going to get interrupted or something else is going to kind of overlap with it. But that's not an excuse for not making it a part of your schedule in the first place. So do you have time that is set aside every day for prayer? I'm not going to tell you how much time it needs to be, but, you know, start somewhere and, you know, put it in your schedule. And if you don't already have time, then I want to encourage you to just look at your schedule and think about where are there natural pauses in your day or where could you reasonably expect a pause in your day or a create a pause in your day. So if you're getting up before other people in your house, 
you know, that's one way to kind of create time. And yeah, it costs you a little bit of sleep, but you know, that could be one way to have that time that's devoted to it. And I totally understand that. Like, you know, for many years I would struggle to like decide, okay, I'm going to get up before the kids. And it seemed like I would, you know, if I got up at, at seven, they were up at seven ten. If I got up at six, they were up at six fifteen. Like they just <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Kids are magic. They just knew, right? And there were limits, especially because I was still getting up at night with babies to how early in the morning I wanted to get up to make that happen. So I understand that can be a struggle. So if that's you and that's not, you know, if that's more trouble than you think it's going to be worth or if you you think it's going to be just really hard to do, find another time. Like I said, you could use a kid's nap time. You could use, if you're an at-home mom, you could use the, the time when your your husband gets home from work that, you know, maybe he's going to handle bath time or something and you're going to have those times, you know, and, and list other people's help or input. If you're not sure, if you think, I absolutely don't have a minute in my days. First of all, I'm going to say to you, if that's true, you're too busy. That's not healthy. That's not normal. That's not balanced figure it out, figure out what to cross off your list. If you honestly cannot find like 10 minutes in your day, but otherwise, you know, ask your husband. Husbands are great because they have this thing called outside perspective. (laughs) They have this thing called, I call it masculine genius, where they have a very different look on things sometimes, a different perspective. And sometimes when I'm struggling with something, I'll, I'll bring it to Dan and he'll just be like, duh, like, here's what you should do. Or here's, here's, you know, not in a bossy way, but in, in a, a nice way. And I think that's really helpful. So ask for somebody else's perspective. If you're, if you're really struggling to say like, where in my day would it make the most sense for me to have time for prayer? And the bonus is if you do ask for your husband's help in kind of making this plan, then he's on board from the start and he can learn to kind of respect that time, help you manage other obligations so that you can make that time a regular part of your everyday routine. Be honest when you look at your schedule, just spend a little time, maybe just spend two days where you carefully track your time, you know, hour by hour, like, how did I spend the last hour? And, you know, what did I, what did I do during this hour? And, you know, you might just find you have time that you didn't know about that you didn't realize time, maybe that you spend mindlessly scrolling through your phone without that time's not like my scrolling time, right? (laughs) Like from three to four every afternoon, I have my phone scrolling time, probably not. But you might be by default at certain times in your day doing that sort of thing that isn't necessary. And that you could replace with time devoted to prayer. So, you know, be honest about it, but then, you know, just take a look at how you are spending your time the same way that it can be easy to fall into bad habits and like the way that you eat, for example. And if you're wanting to make improvements in the way that you in the diet that you're, you're taking in, you might look at just for a few days, keeping careful track of what you eat, because it's so easy to just fill yourself with junk that you don't even realize like i you know that wasn't a meal but if you grabbed a handful of chips or if you're you know ate ice cream after dinner like these aren't necessarily the ways that you want to be spending your nutrition right but it happens and it, it can happen without you even thinking much about it or noticing it so being extra observing of the ways that you're spending your time in the same way that you would be, uh, you know, paying extra attention to the way that you eat if you wanted to make an improvement there can be really helpful. So just be paying attention to the way that you do spend your time. And it might be very eye opening, there might be junk that you are spending your time on and that you don't want to be. And it can be a very healthy thing to kind of reassess that. And not that every moment of your day needs to be scheduled. I'm a big fan of scheduling in buffers. I do this with my work schedule. I do it with my personal schedule. Like I 
do not, the worst days are the ones where I have things back to back to back to back. And the way that I prefer to schedule things is having a little buffer, like 15 minutes in between things. Even if you could just hop from one Zoom call to another or, you know, one obligation to another, uh, I think we need time for, for transition in there. So I'm not saying pack every moment of your day and schedule every minute of your day, but do assess it honestly looking at it, and then find a way to put regular prayer time on your schedule and really schedule it. Because this is what I find is that we tend to work around what's on our schedule. So like, for example, if you wanted to make a a date night with your husband a priority, put it on your calendar. And then when you are asked to do something else, you know, some volunteer activity at your kid's school, you'll open up your calendar and say, oh no, I'm, I'm busy at that time. Right. And that's what we tend to do. But with things like prayer, I think we, we're, we don't so much have the tendency to treat it in the same way, but put it on your schedule because this is what we should be doing. We should be putting God first in our days and then everything else fits in around that. And, you know, I can tell you from the times in my life where I have made it a conscious priority in that way, God has really blessed the time that I have. And there have been some days where I've, I know, I remember one day in particular where I I got up in the morning and it was like, I was overwhelmed by exactly how much stuff I had to do. And the temptation was to just get more morning prayer time and just dive right into all the to-dos on my list. But on that day, I made a conscious decision to not do that to make the time for God. And in that prayer time, I I asked him, invited him into all of the obligations that I had that day. And it was like, it was amazing the way that my my day kind of fell into place from there and certain things got canceled and the times opened up and, you know, God works with you. And so just keep that in mind because sometimes we, we get very miserly with our time, like my precious time. I know this. I, this is probably one of my, my most selfish tendencies is with my time, right? My time to do my things. And it can feel like an intrusion to have to devote some of that time to prayer. And yet that's completely backwards and upside down, of course. And our time with God is not time that he's looking to take away from us. It's a gift that he's looking to give to us. And it's not like a, about a to-do on your checklist. It's something, it's a relationship that you're entering into, a relationship you happen to be built for. So you're doing nothing but giving yourself a gift by making this time with God a, a priority in your every day. So and you might have different routines for like on the weekends. For example, right now, I during the week when on, you know, generally on work days, I'll, I'll get up and, and my prayer time is first thing in the morning. I find that if I don't do that, I find it very hard to fit it in. And it actually is a considerable source of stress to be trying to fit it in in some other part of my day. So that just works for me at this stage in my life. It it probably, as I explained, wouldn't have worked well when when the kids were younger. Um, but it is a I am able to do that now. But weekends are different. We often have a different routine on the weekends. On Sundays, we're getting up and going to mass, of course. But you know, so I'm I'm flexible, more flexible about it on the weekends, and kind of switch up the way that I I pray on the weekends. So something like that. But just having something in place like that that it's a part of your schedule and an expected part of your everyday. All right, the second way I want to encourage you to easily make time for God is to look for little ways to add prayer to your day. I mean, the goal, right, that St. Paul tells us is to pray without ceasing. And of course, 
I used to read that and be like, well, surely this is hyperbole, right? <laughs> He's being dramatic here. Pray without ceasing. Like, nobody can do that. That's ridiculous. And yet I've come to understand that what he's getting at there isn't necessarily that you're going to be reciting Our Fathers every moment of every day, but that in an ongoing way, with everything you do, you're going to be connected with God and seeing things from that perspective and turning to God in all the big things and little things that you have going on in your every day. That's the goal. To pray without ceasing means to be connected with God without ceasing. And there are so many ways that we can do that, you know, to make that easier for ourselves to be reminded. One thing that I really love is the idea of a rosary bracelet, but you could do this with a rosary in your pocket. It was kind of like life-changing for me to realize that praying the rosary didn't have to mean that I had 20 minutes all in a row to pray it. It could mean that I pray, you know, just a few minutes at a time, praying one decade at a time through my day. And lo and behold, by the end of the day, you could have gotten through an entire rosary just by using little moments in the car or moments when you were standing in line or um, moments when you're, you know, waiting for a phone call or whatever. So just that alone is a different way of looking at it, right? There, you can you can pray in that that little way. For years, I had the habit of just dropping my kids off at school, the ones who were going to high school at the time, and in the morning, and then driving home. And I was always, of course, alone in the car on the drive home. And I would use that time to pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet. The timing just worked exactly perfectly for how long the, the drive was. And what a great habit that was. And I really enjoyed doing that and kind of making that a tiny little prayerful moment in my everyday and just making it that small kind of reminder to pray in my day. And so you're looking for those little ways, because sometimes we fall into this habit of thinking about like with prayer, it has to be all or nothing, right? I have to have all this time ready to devote to prayer or or it's not happening at all. But challenge yourself if that tends to be your mindset, that you can pray in little ways, like I said, with the rosary, but not just the rosary. Why, why can't you, you know, just say a, a, a Hail Holy Queen when you're washing the dishes? Or why can't you pray in like a little way while you're folding laundry, praying for each person whose clothing you're folding or um, something along those lines? Just look for those little ways that you tend to think don't count, but they totally do. And, and one great example of this is the Jesus Prayer. And I've talked about this before here on the podcast. And the Jesus Prayer is, you know, so it's got this great tradition in the Eastern Rite, but uh, there's no reason why we aren't allowed to pray it as well. And the words are, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's simple. And actually, there are even simpler versions of it of even less, right? Even Even fewer words. But that simple prayer is one that you are meant to kind of pray in a meditative way, just praying, repeating those words over and over again, and then bring them into your day. Make them a part of, you know, there there are recommended practices for kind of breathing as you're as you're saying the prayer, breathing in, saying the first part of the prayer, breathing out, saying the second part. And it doesn't have to be the words of the Jesus prayer. It might be any small prayer that has great meaning for you. It might be just, you know, sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in thee. Something as simple as that. Or my Lord and my God have mercy. Something very simple. Um, maybe find a scripture passage, a very short one that has meaning for you, memorize it, and make it a part 
of your every day. Pray in those little ways, those little phrases, those little reminders of our relationship with God. You know, the, the amazing thing that I've discovered about the Jesus prayer is that it, it has different meaning depending on when and how and where I might pray those words. We all have, you know, moments in our day where whether we're driving or there's just a, a lull in our work or something where our mind might tend to wander. Or we all have, I'm sure, the experience of just all of a sudden finding yourself like humming the the tune to some commercial jingle or something. Like it, that's wasted brain space, right? <laughs> Fill it up with prayer. Fill it up with the words of prayer. Fill those spaces. Make that your default in your in your mind, in your brain, in the way that you're going about your day, in in a way that really can have great meaning. In moments where it might be a, a prayer of gratitude, when it might you could establish that kind of habit of just praying a short prayer of, of praise and thanksgiving. In moments where you feel thankful for even something small, or um, in moments where you are asking for God's help, a prayer of petition. Those same words of the Jesus prayer can mean that. That. Or, a, you know, a word of praise that, you know, I've prayed the, the Jesus prayer just when I've been inspired just at the beauty of something that I'm taking in in, in the natural world. Or, um, or if I'm especially feeling challenged in a particular relationship or in a conversation I'm having or in a work situation, just praying those words, just have mercy on me as sinner. It's a prayer of petition, but it is also a prayer of thanksgiving and of praise. You can pray it as a, a prayer of repentance. If you're you're feeling sorry for something that you've done or struggling with something wrong that you've done or sin that you committed, have mercy on me, a sinner. Such simple words, and yet it's that perfect prayer. And of course, the the source of these words in the prayer, the Jesus prayer, is Scripture itself, right? That the the Bible passage where Jesus talks about the Pharisee at the front of the church, just saying, you know, Lord, thank you, I'm not like the sinner there at the back, and you know, praising himself in his prayer, and how Jesus says that's that's not that's not prayer, that's not pleasing to God. What's pleasing to God is the simple prayer of the tax collector standing in the back of the church who says. My Lord, my God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That simple. So those simple words. So look for ways that you can pray in little ways like that and make them an everyday habit. And here's the good news. The more you do it, the more it becomes a natural thing. And I've been uh, really gratified to, to find the different ways that God works with me and inspires me to find those every little moments of prayer that I can be saying even throughout very busy times and very busy days. All right. The third way I want to encourage you to make more time for God is to get social with your faith. Do you do this? Are you part of groups in your church, in your parish? I started out this week's show telling you that uh, it's really worthwhile to get together in person with your fellow human beings. But even, even more important, when you're building community at your parish, do you have things at your parish that you might participate in, whether it's a Bible study or a women's group or you know, a, a mother's group or something along those lines? Or do they have even just like something that's a once a month, you know, a prayer dinner or something along those lines? Or do they have times when they do Stations of the Cross followed by kind of a social activity? Look for opportunities to make that part of your social life. Because I think too often we tend to separate things like, you know, there's my, that's my church life. And then I have my friends that I go out with or friends that I visit with. And those are separate things. But Look for a way that you could be growing in your faith, growing in your relationship with God 
in these moments of socialization, these social opportunities that you have inside of parish life or in your community or as part of your kid's school. So getting social with your faith. And if there are not opportunities to do that, maybe consider starting an opportunity to do that. It doesn't have to be a fancy um, in order for it to work. For a, a long while, I was in charge of a women's group at my parish where we would just get together and read the readings for the the next week. We would get together like in the middle of the week and um, we would read together the first reading, the second reading, the psalm and the gospel and just have sort of an informal discussion about it. It didn't take a lot of prep and it was also an opportunity to be connecting on a social level with other people in my parish. And, you know, it, it was that simple. So maybe something like that. But if that intimidates you, you could use a ready-made program. I mean, this podcast is published by Ascension Press. And you know, there's a ton of resources over at Ascension Press, especially uh, right now surrounding the Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz so many resources and opportunities for you to be getting together with other people and learning more about your faith. So make it a combination of something that's faith forming, but also building community and an opportunity for you to socialize. So get social with your faith. All right. The fourth way I want to encourage you to make time for God is to read scripture, read your Bible. Do you do this? Now, this might be part of your normal prayer routine. Maybe you're reading the readings of the day. Maybe you're attending Mass. But look for other ways that you have opportunities to incorporate a little more Scripture in your days. We've already talked about the idea of memorizing a little bit of Scripture, and that can be a great place to start if you don't feel like Scripture is an everyday part of your normal routines. Memorizing uh, spending like five minutes a day memorizing a piece of scripture is a, a really wonderful way to spend your time because first of all, you're going to be immersed in that scripture, but then you're putting it in your heart so that you will have it with you always. And what a beautiful way to pray. You might memorize a particular psalm or you might memorize a passage of the gospel. If you have little kids, it is wonderful to incorporate this in the way that you're forming them in their faith, having them memorize Kids, as we know, are fantastic at memorizing things. They are just little sponges. And I used to do this when my kids were younger, especially uh, around Christmas or Easter. I would have them memorize a passage of the Gospels that was related to that. Um, I remember one very memorable time I had my son Ambrose um, memorize the reading from Isaiah that I knew was is part of the liturgy that's read at Midnight Mass. And I think of him every time now because he did such a great job memorizing it and performing it with great drama and expression. But it also made that that mass extra memorable and meaningful for him at the time because his eyes just lit up. He was like, oh, this is my reading. I know this. And what a beautiful way to make scripture personal for your kids, to make them feel like they own it, like memorize it. But not just kids with you too. If you don't even have little kids, this is something that you can do. It's a great project for you to take on. Maybe spend a little time with the Psalms. One beautiful thing um, that I've recently encountered, I don't know where I saw it. I was, you know, browsing Instagram or something and somebody shared an image of a, a book of Psalms that was just beautifully written. It was like, you know, in this in this beautiful script. And it was just this large book and it was called a Psalter, P-S-A-L-T-E-R. Um, and so it was just the Psalms written in this in this script and in large, in large script on these pages, just kind of like one psalm per page. And 
I just clicked immediately and uh, looked it up on Amazon and I could order a copy of it. And I wasn't even sure what I was ordering. And it turns out this, this particular Psalter is from the Abbey of Genesee, this, this group of monks in New York. Um, I don't know if they have other places where they're located. Um, but this, this one, when it arrived in the mail, I was, I mean, I don't know. I think I bought a used one and it was about $20, but it's hardcover and it's a large book and you open it up and it is just this, these beautifully written Psalms. That is all that it is, is the book of all the Psalms. And it was very encouraging and inspiring to me that, well, I'm going to read one of these each day. And you could make that part of your family's dinner time, but you could also make it part of your your personal prayer time. And whether it's happening in your regular prayer time, or you do it before you go to bed, or you do it when you wake up in the morning. This this book, I just want to recommend it. In fact, I'll put the link in the show notes for you because you should check it out, <laughs> regardless of whether you're going to pray with it in this particular way. But I thought, what a beautiful way, what a physical way to make prayer part of your everyday is to have this book handy and you know maybe make a habit of just reading one psalm per day, which of course you don't need the book to be able to do. Uh, you could use your own Bible or any, any version of the Bible that you have. But I did want to mention that as a really a particularly good resource. But other people might like to read through a particular book of the Bible at, at a set time each day or maybe reading Proverbs or um, reading, you know, something from St. Paul at your dinner time, or, you know, just look for ways that you can incorporate scripture in your everyday life, whether it's just for you personally, or by making it a part of your family's routine as well, or incorporating having little kids memorize along with you. The fun thing is, if you have kids that are memorizing, you're going to memorize it too, because that is part of the thing. They're repeating it around you as they're trying to memorize it, or they're having you kind of test them as they're working their way through the lines, and you're going to be learning it too. And the times when we've done that, I have just been so touched by the fact that when, especially when the kids were younger, I would sometimes have three or four of them that were working on different scripture passages, and it really just filled our home with scripture. That's simply just giving them this little assignment of memorizing, each memorizing a, a passage, because I would hear them. Like, you know, I would be, you know, in the working in the kitchen and I can hear someone in the next room just practicing their their lines from scripture. And what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing to consider doing, maybe especially during Holy Week um, or especially during the Easter season this year. So look for ways to have more opportunities to read God's Word and focus on God's Word and make it more of an everyday part of your life. All right, the final thing that I want to suggest as a way to make more time for God is to have reminders in your home. Do you have anything beyond a crucifix on your wall? Do you have holy images in your home? Do you have, you know, candles that you might light near a holy image in your home? We have an enthroned image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and I have a little candle holder in front. And I often will, especially if I'm praying for a particular prayer intention, I'll light a candle in, in front of it. And these little votive candles, you know, they'll burn for maybe five hours and then they'll go out. So you don't have to, you know, be worried about uh, blowing it out. But the the really nice thing is when I do that, I'm reminded as I'm walking through, it's in the main part of our home. And as I'm walking through and I see it and I see the candle lit there, I remember the prayer intention and it reminds me to pray again for that person, for that thing, for that situation. And so there are lots of simple ways you can do that. You can, if you don't have an enthroned image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, 
please look into doing that. <laughs> but besides that, um, you could just light a candle or you could use some other holy image that you set up in your kitchen or in your living space to remind you to pray and remind others to pray as well. Or you might consider using just like little post-it notes, maybe with some verse of scripture that you're trying to memorize, or maybe with just a, a reminder of a simple line of prayer. You could you can change them up you know, because we all get in the habit of what we see every day and we don't tend to see it quite so much anymore. So if there's a post-it on the bathroom mirror that changes once a week and says something different, you and others are going to make a note of it. That's a nice reminder to turn your mind and heart toward prayer. So the, the reminders could be beautiful things like holy images or, or crucifixes or a medal that you wear. Another reminder that has always stuck with me, my, my good friend and co-author of Small Steps for Catholic Moms, Elizabeth Foss, who I've known for many years, um, she once suggested if you, if you want to be reminded to pray, especially for your marriage on any particular day, you might consider taking off your wedding ring and putting it on the other hand. And this is actually a really useful tip because you're going to feel it and you're going to notice it throughout your day because you're used to feeling it on the hand where you usually wear it. But on the other hand, your body's going to be like, hey, hello, something on this finger over here, you know, for a good while. And so as that happens, every time you notice that ring, you're going to be reminded to pray for your husband or pray for your marriage. I thought that was a really helpful thing. And, you know, of course, you could apply that in other ways with it doesn't have to be your wedding ring. It could be with a piece of jewelry that you don't normally wear or maybe a a piece of furniture or other item in your house that you'll take out of its usual place and place somewhere else as a physical reminder. You know, we're weak and distracted creatures. We're busy and distracted with many things. So make these simple things kind of work in your favor to remind you and turn your mind and heart and your body toward thoughts of God toward connecting with God throughout even your very busy days. All right, those are my five tips for you. Make it routine pray in little ways, get social with your faith, read God's word, and then set some small reminders in your home. But you probably have some ideas. I bet you do. If you want to share some with me that I could potentially share on a future episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am Danielle Bean on all of social media. But also you can just use old-fashioned email, and you can send me a note at danielle at daniellebean.com. All right, coming up, we've got more of the show for you, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. 
Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback. And this week I heard from listener Shanna, who knows my love language because my love language is a voicemail. I love when I get to hear your voice and share your feedback with your voice right here on the show. So Shanna connected with me through Voxer and here's what she had to say. Hi, Danielle. I just wanted to thank you for your podcast. I listened to When God Says No this morning, and it just was really a positive lesson for me, reminder for me. Um, I've struggled with some health conditions, and it's just given me a new perspective on pain and struggles and, and sacrifices. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate you, and thank you for what you're doing I think if we met in real life, we'd be really good friends, and that would be so awesome. I don't have a lot of Catholic friends. I don't feel like in my community there are many Catholic positive women who uh, just practice the faith and try their best to live it out. I don't have a lot of community in that. In that aspect, I have a lot of other denominations in my area, which is wonderful and great, but sometimes it's just nice to have a Catholic sister's perspective, and I just thank you for that. I want to thank you, Shanna, for taking the time to send me that message. First of all, um, know that I'm going to be praying for you with the health concerns that and the health issues that you mentioned. And I'm so grateful to know that the podcast was helpful and encouraging and supportive to you in that that you're going through in your life right now. And I'm I'm positive that we would be friends if we met in real life. Hopefully that can happen sometime, you know, now as things are getting started back up and I'm beginning to do a little bit more speaking. I've got some speaking things that are lined up in uh, the fall and even all the way through spring of 2023 are starting to get booked up. So I'm feeling hopeful about that and I hope we will meet in real life. And you mentioned kind of a lack of positive Catholic women in your life. And I think many people can relate to that. I hear from people all the time who are kind of struggling to find good and faithful and supportive friendships. And um, I'm going to pray for you to find the right people in real life in your life. But in the meantime, I'm grateful that the podcast can fill that kind of need in your life right now. I'm glad we're able to connect right here. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. If you want to connect with me on Voxer, go over to the show notes at ascensionpress.com. There's a link at the bottom of every episode's show notes to connect with me on Voxer. I would love to hear from you. And that's all the time that we have for this week, but I want to thank you for being here. And I will encourage you, if you enjoy Girlfriends, would you mind helping us to spread the word? A really helpful way that you can do that is by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, on Spotify, or Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts really does help to grow our listenership here, grow our audience, help to get girlfriends out to new people who can benefit from it. So I'm grateful for all the ways that you help to spread the word, though, whether you're just sharing with a friend, word of mouth, or sending a link to somebody through text, or sharing on your social media, all of these ways are really helpful to me. And I'm so grateful for all of the ways that you encourage and support the work that we do here at Girlfriends. So thank you for that. But most importantly, thank you for being here. Thank you for connecting with me right here in the podcast this week. Your presence is a true gift to me, and I do not take that for granted. Thank you so much for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 